mean, this is going to be the first time ever that I put a cash app in the show notes. <laughs> so let me tell you something, man. If you get hit off this cash app, you're going to let me know. Cause I'm going to start putting mine in this thing, too. You know? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Welcome to the Wild D Podcast, where our primary goal is to keep you informed and to be your central point of contact for what's happening around us. And anytime we get a chance, we like to give you something to think about. So if you're new to the show, we cover a wide range of topics from society to sobriety. From the culture to the vultures, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. In today's discussion, it's Married with Children, and we meet up with Jay Flake, comedian, entrepreneur, husband, and father, and we talk about taking risks, betting on yourself, communication, and feedback. This one is nothing shy of a classic, so please strap in and be prepared for some laughs. Also, make sure that you never miss an episode by hitting the subscribe or follow button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you, so thank you for your support feedback and your ratings now let's get into it right, so welcome <laughs> with- <laughs> oh. oh man welcome 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 it's a great day it's a beautiful day um i'm here with my man flake i'm here with with joe joe you doing good yes sir doing fantastic how about you it's an amazing situation man because i'm taking this feedback in and um you know, obviously, I let the cat out the bag, but we're here. I mean, if you click on the title of the show, you're going to see who's here anyway. So it's no mean surprise. But what's up, Flake, man? How you doing, man? Talk to the people. What's going on, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad y'all got me on, man. I'm glad y'all I'm doing good. I can't complain at all. Man, so look, so for the people that aren't familiar with you or aren't as familiar as I am, I want you to do yourself the best job because I can only limit your success and your high heights, right? I want you to tell everybody like who is Jay Flake? Man, just uh the joke teller, the uh the man of entertainment. Uh a man is always looking for a good time. You try who trying to take the stresses off of your shoulders. If you come see my show, that's my that's kind of like my motto that I say to myself. I don't say it to the crowd, but my main thing is you come in and you want some relief and relieve all the stress and forget about what you got going on. Hey, I'm trying to do all that for you while I'm on that stage. So I'm trying to, you know, bring that life perspective to you and, and make it funny and relate to you in the best way I can and, and everybody have a good time and have fun. Outside of that, I'm a, I'm a married man. I'm, I'm a father of three girls. Who don't care nothing about me telling jokes and even tell me <laughs> have told me to my face, there's no way you were that funny. I don't understand why they keep booking you for shows. I'm like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care nothing about none of that. Kids don't care about what you got going on. You are no. not telling a lie. I'll tell you this. There's nobody that can keep me grounded. Outside of my wife, there's nobody that can keep me grounded to tell me that I'm not who I think I am like my girls can. You know, like they right. will always just bring me down and say, Daddy, come on, man, let me step on you for a little bit so I can feel a little <laughs> better about myself. You know, that that's my yeah, job. I, that's what that's my contribution yeah. to the family. I see you having a good time. I see you smiling. Now let me go ahead and let me go ahead and kick in your shins real fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Whether that be them saying something like that or they hand out asking for some money or something. <laughs> like, today was going good to you. It cost me $120 for your dance class. I appreciate that. <laughs> One way or another, man. That's the life. So, hey, let me just kick it right into it, right? So, you got a lot of things going on. Um, you got, oh, yeah. you know, obviously you just called it out, right? So, uh, from a, a comedic standpoint, but also um, devoted to your, your queen um, and your, your young princesses. Um, also, you're a podcaster too, right? So we got Sup- oh, Supremely yeah. Black, one third of Supremely Black in the building, right? And and like, so tell me like, as you navigate through life and all the demands that's coming, man, how are you balancing all of that considering the fact that you are married with children? Man, I just, I just got to keep, I just had to be a man of multiple hats, man. I uh, I can't have one thing going because you never know which one going to pop off. And then that's going to pop off the next thing. And then that's going to pop off the next thing on top of that. If you look at guys that I look up to uh, in, in the comic business, you got Steve Harvey, you got, uh, you, got, you got Steve Harvey, you got Kevin Hart, 
And regardless of how funny you think they are, not funny, but when it comes to the business side of it, you got Cedric Entertainer, you got Richard Pryor, you got so many comedians that just ain't telling jokes. They they tell jokes and they number one thing, but they use that to pop off so much other stuff, like Mike Epps. You know, he, he yeah. started off as comedian, Cat Williams. They they start off telling jokes and they use that to pop off with something else. Cat Williams, he actually was already a comedian, but Cat Williams became Cat Williams after Friday. And when he when he was seen on that big screen, then he was selling out all his shows and big arenas, this, that, and the other. So that, that's my mindset is. I'm going to have to juggle all of this stuff. I'm going to have to make it work for the kids and the family. Of course, there's times where I get, you know, family stuff going on where I'm going to block out that day that I'm not doing nothing. Or the wife say, hey, we need to go on a trip uh, to X, Y, Z. Like, for this, I was, I was in your neck of woods. Not too, I was in Vegas uh, uh, for our anniversary. My wife was like, man, you better not book a show. You better not book that one show. <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself, like, hey, this perfect timing for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's perfect time for me to get some shows in. But I was like, bro, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna book it for her. You know, what I'm I was trying to at least get one. I was like, man, let me just get one in. It'd be an early one, and that way we. She was like, you bet not. So I was like, you know, sometimes you gotta juggle it like that. Sometimes you gotta get that family life. Uh, more important over what you got going on just for me to continue to do that. Because, prime example, I gave that up, but we going to Chicago and I'm doing shows the whole time we there. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes sometimes you got to give one with the other. Yeah. So you got to, it's all a balance. So, so I, I got a quick question for you uh, because mm-hmm. clearly there's always a motivation that kind of pushes a person to a specific career. So I want to yeah. ask like a two-part question here. Number one, what steered you towards comedy and then when you were young coming up was it ever a thought in your mind like would I prefer to do comedy or prefer to be a married man or can these things come together because the way they make stuff look on tv as an example it seems like you can't always do both it's going to be this difficulty to be able to accomplish this so again number one what what steered you towards comedy did you ever think marriage or comedy which one can I do, or can I do these things together? One, I got in it. I was at a new job doing some training. So I'm in there doing my normal little training in there, cutting up. Finn, I always do. We used to be at work, cutting up, doing whatever. So I'm doing that. And this lady, Miss Henrietta, she was like, you done missed your calling. I'm like, what you talking about? She was like, you should have been a stand-up comedian. And I'm like, I ain't missed no calling. I said, nah, we're gonna make we're gonna make that work. And I just never thought about it. I always been funny growing up as far as the family go. But you know, when you cutting up with family and other people, y'all just kicking it. You don't know how really if you stand up funny. It's, it's two yeah. totally different things. So uh as she told me that, I got to looking around Nashville and was like, hey, you know, who got open mics? Who do how can I get on stage? So I got out to all my resources, got to asking around, got on stage. They was like, can you do five minutes? I'm like, five minutes is nothing. I do presentations at work, it's 30 minutes. Like, five minutes ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. But when you on stage and you got that heat <laughs> on you, ain't five minutes a long time, man. So I had, like, maybe four jokes. It was probably it was probably about three. I ain't going to lie, it's a half four. I had three jokes. And I said to myself, all right, this I'll do five minutes. If I get... Half the crowd laughing, I keep doing it. If not, I it ain't for me. You know, if I'm getting cricket, it ain't for me. Mm-hmm. So I did it, had more than half the crowd laughing. Had, and this ain't bragging because everybody bombed too. Had more than half the crowd laughing. When I was leaving, this one dude came up to me and said, Man, you my new favorite. I was like, bro, how? Like I just that was my first time ever doing this. He was like, Man, for real. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna follow you around. You my new favorite comedian. So after that, I was like, oh man, I, I gotta keep this going. Wow. Now that that high can be great. Cause the next time it was a super low, because it was straight crickets, man. You hear ice, you hear ice jingling in them cups. <laughs> 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 so with that being said, for me to have that plan and it worked the first time, I said, man, maybe this is what it's meant to be for me. Okay. Now. Growing up, man, it was always marriage first. Man, I, I 
I didn't start doing comedy until I was already already married when I started doing comedy. Oh, wow. I was already married when I started doing stand-up comedy. Um, man, it just... I didn't know how to really bring it to my wife, so I had to do it in like an old school, high school letter form. I used to write letters to your ladies or whatever. So I wrote her a letter, man. It was just like, hey, this this is what I want to do. This is my dream. And I just put it out there out front. Like, with comedian life, it's going to be some late nights. It's going to be some early mornings. I'm going to have to, and people don't talk about the grind. The grind be, I'm going to have to go three, four hours out the way and not get paid for a show. You know, and 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 do the best I can within that time frame, and then hopefully they're gonna call me back later with a paid gig. I mean, it's just like anybody who's coming up doing music. You know, you might do that, pay all that money for your first mixtape, and you don't put it out there for free, or you might talk to some promoters and you open it up for somebody, and you don't get no money for them. You know, for opening it up for nobody getting paid no two three song, don't playing your two three songs. So I had to explain to it like that because a lot of people don't understand that's how the entertainment business go. They think just off bat, you know, it's like a regular nine to five. You should get paid. Now nah, you got to make people want to pay you. So I had to explain that to her. And it was like, if you on board, you know, let, let's take this journey. Uh, take this journey with me. And I told her, friend, I said, it's going to be some nights you're going to be mad. There's going to be some times you're going to be pissed off. And I just, I was like, I already know all this coming. She's like, no, no. No, I'm like, no. It's going, you going to get mad about something because I'm leaving the house at, seven o'clock maybe and might not come home to two o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. Like as a woman, like, so is you really out here telling jokes of, of what is going on? Now this is the beginning. In the beginning it's gonna be like that because in the beginning, you know, you just hitting the open hitting the open mics and you trying to, you know, put your jokes out there for people to see so you can get booked and and you out there, you know, conjugating with everybody, trying to talk your way into getting these book shows so you start getting paid. So sometimes you might have to hit three or four open mics in a night, you know, two or three, or might have to drive to Atlanta and then drive back and come home at three o'clock in the morning, get up at seven o'clock and go to your nine to five. That's how it goes sometimes. So yeah, I mean, there's some nights that she was frustrated. And I, ain't, I can't say there's been times she just like really got mad. But yeah, frustration. And then when you see that, you got to fix it. So, so the two can work if you open in communication. I hear I hear the okay. communication piece, but I also hear I'm gonna set some some expectations up front on how I envision this going. And then right. with the communication, you gotta keep that constant because you can't just come right. back six months and say, I told you this six months ago. You gotta really like have those conversations pretty much every day, once a week. Okay, look, this is what the plan is for next month. I see uh uh, open mic. I might have to hit that up. I need to let you know that because I'm not going to be here and I know that you want me here, but that's part of the process. That's part of the journey. Right. Okay. I like that, man. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to keep communicating. Even now, I still, like, if I get booked for a show, if I don't tell her, I make sure I post it on Facebook ASAP so she can see. She's like, so you were gonna tell me about this show? I was like, I posted it. Cause by the time I get home, I might forget that I even booked it. Oh, there oh, we go. You man. know, yeah, uh-huh. that's smart. And though. then you got, and you got to invite her though. You can't just be like, nah, you can't come to my show. No, nah. I be asking, are you coming to the show? You want to come to this show? You know, yep. You got to yep. fill it out. And then I got to know how she feels about these locations. There've been a couple shows that's been real suspect, and she's sitting in the corner like. Where the hell do you have me? <laughs> Why are we here? Mm. We went to one place. She didn't even got the cop. She, she was oh, like, wow. you tell your jokes, you paid, and bring your ass right back in the cop. She didn't <laughs> got the cop. She was like, there's no way I'm going in there. Wow. <laughs> but but you know, this is this is interesting. I'm glad this is actually where the conversation is going because again, sticking with the theme. You know, digging into the '90s nostalgia with those those old shows we used to watch, and you think about Married with Children. Al and Peggy didn't do a whole lot of planning. They didn't do a they whole lot of proper yeah. communication. You know, Al, the best thing he had going, and Finn, you joke about it, is, is talking about his four touchdowns in a high school game at Polk High. <laughs> but outside of that, there's not a whole lot of strategy that they show you in these relationships. So it's almost like you kind of get this expectation uh, that all these husbands is a bunch of goofies 
you know, not very intelligent, you know, these, these loser types. Uh, and the family, the wife, the kids are all disappointed in who the daddy is, but that's not reality. So from your perspective, based on all the things that we've seen growing up, are there any, were there any shows that you watched where it had that comedic, comedic spin to it, but it also painted the picture of the husband in a good light? Because I can't really think of too many. I mean, you had the Fresh Prince. You had the Fresh Prince. You had yeah. uh, the Cosby Show. Of course, the legendary Cosby Show. You had that. Um, you had... Uh, but hey, they weren't married. No, he, he wasn't married at all in that show. But them two come straight off the top. Uh, uh, you had also um, Urkel, the Urkel show. You had yeah, that yeah, one. Family, uh, matters, family Matters. Family Matters. So you had about three that was kind of like that. I'm naming our black show. I ain't really watching the white show. I'm just going to keep it real. <laughs> but as far as, as far as the black shows, yeah, as far as those shows, man, you had those where the fathers in good light had a decent job. Um, and, you know, you had the Family Matters was kind of like middle America. You know what I mean? So that's the household I grew up in. Both my parents had jobs. I mean, he wasn't no doctor. She wasn't no lawyer. Like, you know what I'm saying? Or something. And didn't own a business, nothing like that. So that wasn't kind of related because that was, that was, you know, right there in the middle, middle of America, you know. Yep. You, had, you had the good times. You had the bad times. You had more ups than you had downs. But you're going to take some no's when, when you want something. You know, uh, something ain't going to be able to happen because they ain't the type of money you make. Again, I know we talked about this part already, you know, in terms of younger years growing up, just kind of kicking it, joking with the family. Did you ever see comedy before you had that conversation while you were at work? Did you ever even consider that? No, I didn't. I ain't gonna lie to you. I didn't. I I didn't even know where to start at that time, to be honest with you, because where I grew up at, small town, Malin, Tennessee, man, you ain't ain't no celebrities up out of there, man. So, (laughs) hey. I tell everybody all the time, maybe you come to a little, when you from a small town that your closest, nearest, biggest city was is Memphis, which is like 45 minutes away. I got family in Memphis. I used to go Kansas City, Missouri all the time. I seen different stuff. But if you pigeonhole in that small town, bro, you got to leave once you graduate because you just don't see black folks having the stuff they, they should have. You know, you think that's just all TV. Yeah. And then you bust up, you go to, Atlanta, you see a black dude riding a Maybach that don't sell drugs. You be like, what? <laughs> this is possible? Like, this just ain't TV? Yep. Like, man, so, shoot, nah, I ain't never think about that, man. Just family just said I was funny. I know I used to be the person to watch Comic View. I used to sneak and watch Def Comedy Jam. You know, back then, you couldn't, mm-hmm. like, when Def Comedy Jam was out, I was a young buck, so you couldn't right. really, I wasn't really supposed to watch it, but I just sneak and watch it, but it just never crossed. I, I always liked stand-up comedy, but before that conversation, I it ain't it had never crossed my mind that one so, time. So another question for you too: When you wrote that letter to your wife, and you're kind of anxious and anticipating her response, how she's going to come back to you after she reads this letter? Number one, what were you thinking in between the time you handed her that letter and she came back and y'all had that conversation? And then as you started going through the journey, and because obviously it's going to be the ebbs and flows, it's going to be rocky. How did you feel from the time you handed that letter to the time y'all talked about it? And then fast forward to the support that she clearly had to have because you still did it and, and you are at the point where you are today. Bro, I was nervous as hell. Because I was like, <laughs> this, this, <laughs> I like, this could go any old type of way. This could go any way. Cause I had just laid, I think I just, I had just got laid off from a job. So I was training at a new job, not making the money that I used to make. And then here you come with this idea. You know, it's like, bro, if you don't get your stuff together at, at this job first and being able to help get back to the money you was making, now you come to me with some mess like this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Before gotcha. I handed it to her. But when I handed it to her, surprisingly, she was like, hey, yeah, I'm supporting, I'm down. She went to that first show. I, I, I like the communication. That first show I did, that first old mic, she was there. And I told her even then, before we stepped in there, I said, look, 
if if half the crowd ain't laughing, I ain't I ain't doing this no more. And she was like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna hold you to that. So but after that, she like, all right, I guess I guess you got a little something. Let's see what's happening. Now the flip part of that is now she don't laugh at nothing. If she comes to a show, she don't laugh. <laughs> Why is that? She don't. She don't. She just look. It'd be. I don't even look at her, bro. It'll just drain your whole heart. <laughs> <laughs> but she, but she's supportive in a way of, I'm not laughing because I know the jokes won. She done heard them. Mm. So she know them. If I say something new, it'll catch her attention. But she, she still won't laugh. She might say, we might get in the car after the show and be like, yeah, that one right there, that one hit. That's funny. You need to you know, add on to that and keep using it. But you know what her thing is? Her thing is so weird. And I don't know, a lot of comedians' wives might do this, but I've never, out of the ones I met, girlfriends' wives, I don't think they do this. But she literally scans the crowd and gives me feedback after it's over. She scans the crowd to say, all right, that one hit with this crowd. All right, I seen the young cats laughing at that joke, but the old heads over here didn't get it. Okay. You got to add something where both people can laugh, where both groups can laugh at that. Like, no, you add another piece here. Or, or this crowd, the white crowd wasn't laughing at that, but the black folks over there rolling. Or black folks weren't laughing, but you had these white folks rolling. So you can be able to use that for this crowd, but you ain't gonna be able to use it for that crowd. Well, so, I'll say I'll say this though, Flake. Like I think that that's really important to have somebody that's going to be oh, able yeah. to, to to scope that out for you because when you're in there and you doing you stand up and deliver, you know that you're probably connecting with a couple of people. It's going to be some people that's head nodding or some people that's smiling mm-hmm. a lot. You know, you're going you're going to engage with those individuals a lot, and you got to be in the zone to do your thing. So having somebody to have that that outside view, actually from inside the crowd, to say, okay, you know what, this is what's hitting, this what's not. Or right. like, let us tweak this real quick. That's going to help you. And I think that's also extremely important if you don't have the opportunity to like have a team there. That's part of your team. You know what I mean? She's right. she's she's on the field. You know what I mean? So she's telling you what she sees on the field while you're calling the plays from the outside. I love that. Yeah, and you can't ask for anybody else to do it. Like I can record my own set and do that, but it's like Erica Badu said, I'm sensitive about my shit. So yeah. I can make up excuse. <laughs> I can make up an excuse why they weren't laughing. But with her, <laughs> she ain't no yes man or yes woman. She gonna tell me straight up. Okay. Hey, bro, that joke was trash. <laughs> ah, okay. Tell me straight up. That was trash. And you need to work on it. I either get rid of or either that one. And when she said she really mean it. Like she don't she don't hold no punches about it. That's all right. That's all right. So so here's another question, and this is gonna be a little bit to the side. What is the process like when you're actually trying to come up with a set? Because I'm I'm assuming you're talking anywhere from from five to thirty minutes to an hour worth of content. What is that process like? Everybody's is different. I'm gonna say everybody's different, but for me, I'm gonna tell. You. Uh-oh. Hey, <laughs> hey, my friend. Hey, where I come up with jokes at is in the shower. <laughs> Okay. Oh, nah, that's 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 smart, man. I be in the shower. I be in the shower about thirty minutes coming <laughs> up with jokes, and then as soon as I get it, I gotta run to my phone and type it in my phone so I don't forget. And that's it's funny. it's weird, but it can come anywhere. Most time, but majority of the time, in the shower I come up with jokes. But it also could be just randomly me driving. I don't. A lot of comedians have writing sessions. I don't. I, I can't because if I say, oh, you need to sit down and write jokes, I don't, it don't work for me. So mine just come, I'm at work. I could be at work. You think I'm back there doing my thing on, on a report or something, and I'd be back there typing up jokes. Uh, I'd be in the shower. I'd be driving down the street. I might see something on TV. And then I get the concept for it, and I write down like, Two other things that I thought about to make it funny, and then I just go from the like the title of the joke, whatever two little things I wrote down. It might be one A, one B, and then I go tell it. And then while I'm on stage, I might add some more to it, or I might take something away. And then I, from whatever crowd I'm dealing with that night, that'll let me know. Hey, either to keep working with that, or either that joke was too long, or you need to add this to it, 
or you need to trim some fat on this part of the joke. Gotcha. And, okay. then, and then that's how you do it. And you gotta, you just can't do it one time. A bunch of people laugh and think that's gonna work. Now you gotta take it from different crowd, from different crowd, different crowd. I used to do about, but let me know it's solid. I'm gonna have to at least tell it eight or nine times on stage and okay. for folks' reaction. And then the thing about it is you keep building on that months on down the road. Like it's, it was jokes I wrote a year ago that I've, oh, that'd be good to add that part to that joke. And this is just a new twist to that, to that particular joke. And it might add another, you know, three, four minutes to it from a joke that's already. Now that joke done went from four or five minutes. Now that's an eight minute joke. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's how you come up with your, your specials and your half hour specials. And if you think about it, you watch a comedy special, a lot of times, man, it'd be 10, 15 minutes on one subject. It's just yep. straight jokes on that subject. Very true. Very. So, so let me ask this question too, then. Um, number one, influences. Who, who are some of your main influences? And then who, who, this is an unfair question is loaded, but I'm asking anyway. Your Mount Rushmore of comedy. So who, who are some ah, influences? And then that Mount Rushmore. Influences is... Dave, Steve, uh, Mike Epps, um, uh, D. Ray. Okay. Uh, let me see who else I get. I mean, I get quite a bit because I can pull some from everybody. Carlos Miller, uh, Kev on stage, um, Tony Baker, uh, Andrew Schultz. And all them people influence because all of them bring something different to the comedy game. Absolutely. You know, yeah. If you want to talk about if you want to talk about D-Ray, that's just that black hood crowd. Uh, I'm gonna keep it real with you. If your feelings is hurt, oh well, but it's still funny. Um, Kevin Hart for the hustle, Steve, Steve Harvey for the hustle. And he just both of them got two different ways they they broke off on the hustle. Um, man, you got Kev on stage for YouTube, Andrew Schultz for the way they use social media to be able to get their stuff off the ground. It's been, I don't watch them to have go from really not a lot of fans to being, having millions of followers, selling out shows, this, that, and the other. I'm not really a social media guy, to be honest with you. If I wasn't doing comedy, I wouldn't be on social media. Mm. But for them, I'm like, all right, I got, that's something I know I got to work on as a comic. You know, and and they give me motivation. Okay, I need to post this. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do X, Y, Z. I need they need to see my face. I can't go too long without being on social media. I you know, and Kevin Stage philosophy is you got to post something every day. I ain't got to that point yet. I won't post something every day. <laughs> I just I just ain't got yeah. to that yet. But I'm trying to work my way to that where I can post something funny every day with me, whether it be me hitting a subject or me posting, you know. You know, two minutes of a set, three minutes of a set, whatever it is. Uh, so that's the next level I got to get to for that. So the, all those people influence me in different ways when it comes to, you know, because all of them get to their position in a different way. All of them got different styles. Um, it's just all the way of doing. I just can't have just one or two and say, that's it. Now, I got to be able to pull something from everybody and be able to make that work for me in my own little style. Gotcha. Mount Rushmore is man. This could change tonight. <laughs> so, gotcha. gotcha. But Mount Rushmore, I'm looking at Richard Pryor for the way he changed the game. Uh, I'm looking at Red Fox the way he changed the game also because before then, doing all that cussing and telling the truth and they wasn't trying to folks weren't really trying to hear all that uh, beforehand. It was very. Uh, by the chicken across the road type, you know, type stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave for sure. Um, let's see, with four, let's see, boom, 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 Dave. Um, mm, the last spot always tough. Um, mm, mm, mm. Don't do it, man. Don't do it. <laughs> hey, don't do it. Don't do it. We're going to save that. We're going to save that one because 
you know, like you, I hate for you to end up meeting one of these people. And say, man, I heard you, man. You would, I would need you. Well, two of them dead. Well, two of them dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a point there. <laughs> you can't yeah. argue when you start naming people that ain't here no more. We That's fact. That's fact. That's fact. Good God. I'm just going right. to say a couple of comedians' names right. and just real quick in like two, three words, just give me your thoughts on that comedian. Okay. Because I noticed you didn't put Eddie Murphy, and he's usually in a lot of people's Mount Rushmore. Hey, you, know, so. you know why I put Eddie Murphy? It's tough. That's why I was thinking hard. Because he only had, what, two specials? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. They was classic, classic, classic. Eddie Murphy, his, his far as his movies and stuff is what what really got. If he were retired after them two, I don't think Eddie Murphy would be as huge as he is now. But I, when you yeah. talk about the movies he did after that, and the comedic point in those movies, like Nutty Professor, don't don't too many people talk about if whether you think Nutty Professor funny or not. But some fact, this dude played what five different characters, four different, four or five different characters in one scene. Mm-hmm. In one scene, that is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. And, you know, so his character, his character is insane. Just think of, just think if he would have been did the Chappelle show and it been called the Murphy show instead of the Chappelle show. I don't know if we'll be thinking of the Chappelle uh, show as being as great as it is because Eddie Murphy, be honest with you, if he had his own show like that, I think he would have crushed it with so many characters he could have brought, you know, brought out. And there's no disrespect to Dave Chappelle because Dave Chappelle shows a show I still watch today. Like I can put that on today and watch the whole season and be cracking up, you know, but that's why I say I got more than one influence because they all change the game in their own little way. Right. Okay. Well, that's Eddie Martin Lawrence. My Lawrence, first thing popped in mind, he's so crazy. But <laughs> the Martin Lawrence show, man, just stepping with the big dogs, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Five> <laughs> in, you know. <laughs> yep. Def yep. Comedy Jam. Man, this man came on stage in his drawers, man. Mm-hmm. True. It's, it's a, it's a show that they do now called the underwear show where people do the show and they pajamas or they can walk out there and they underwear and do a show and uh, underwear and the t-shirt. Did. But that came from Martin Lawrence. Probably don't, it probably don't too many people even know like a show like that. That's where it came from, you know? So man, crazy. like with Def Comedy Jam, man, once again, he, he changed the game and he brought out so many different people under Def Comedy Jam, man. It was, Oh man, there's so many black comedians came out of Def Comedy Jam. Yes. They still had it. That's the show you want to go to because I just want to. Ain't nothing, look, as a comedian, no lie. Ain't nothing funnier than when you bust a joke and you got people standing up running. Ah, ah, yeah. ah, you know how yep. we do. <laughs> yep. You would think you the man for about 15 minutes. <laughs> you, on the, you on the high, you on the high that weed and crack can't get you back. <laughs> you after that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Only I'm gonna give you two more, and and then I'm gonna right. let Finn jump in. So, uh, the first one, Corey Holcomb. Oh, keeps it real, and don't okay. give a damn about your feelings. Some reason pimping popping in my mind too. Uh, but Corey Holcomb, he got a lot of game behind what he be saying too. Yeah, a lot of people I, think it's so harsh and this, that, and the other. I mean, he like the he like the first Kevin Sam. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's some harshness behind what he say. But if you can get rid of all the what how he said it, like it's a real game in what he's saying yeah. to improve yourself or not get done wrong as a man. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. All right. And last one. And it's a little bit of a curveball, but I'm gonna throw it at you. All right. All right. Sinbad. Sinbad. Uh I think about it some in Kansas City, Missouri. I can't remember the name of his special. But it came on HBO, and I know I watched that special probably ten times in that summer. His whole mm-hmm. joke about his mama having the uh, the Flex Armstrong hand uh, <laughs> when she was ready to give you a whooping, don't you run away from me? And see that hand come out of nowhere and snatch you back and hit you uh-huh. with that belt. He's like that belt just come out of the sky. <laughs> Sinbad, man, Sinbad is a legend. He don't. He probably gonna complete the Mount Rushmore. To be honest with you. And the reason being is Sinbad been able Sinbad people don't know Sinbad cuss outside of being on stage. Right. Sinbad is one of them comedians that don't cuss, that's relevant, 
but you don't even realize he ain't cussed the whole time. Yep. On top of that, Sinbad don't write. Sinbad just hit the stage. Really? And he like, yeah, he talked about his process. He said, I'll just hit the stage and wherever it go from there is wherever it go. He was like, them specials, I ain't really just right for them. I just hit the stage, give me a crowd. I'm going to hit the stage. And wherever it go from there is wherever it go. Interesting. Wow. And but okay. I, I don't know how you do that. Ain't no way. There ain't no way I can do that. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for, for entertaining me, man. I, I, I love comedy. And I got a lot of favorite comedians. So uh, when I was asking those questions, it's, it's always good. I always listen to the people who are a part of a certain field. I'd rather take your opinion as a professional in this field than let mine come in and mean anything because that ain't my skill set. So thank you for, for entertaining <laughs> me with that, man. I appreciate oh, that. Man. Ain't no problem, dog. Hopefully I'm not too much of a Debbie Downer, but I had just some thoughts on what you said a little bit earlier in the conversation. So you talked about like, hey, where you come from, Milan, Tennessee. And I, I I know that you probably said something about you never saw yourself being a comedian, but yep. I'm also thinking about the way that we came up. And typically you see certain people that have certain types of talents and they don't consider themselves as a talent because it's like, that's what you do to pass time by. Right. So let's just say it's right. playing a sport. And at first I'm playing it cause I'm it's time is flying by when I play it. Right. Or I'm doing music and you're maybe in the cafeteria, just sitting <laughs> back in school yeah. in the cafeteria, you sitting there, you're rapping, you know, it's time flying by or whatever, but that's talent. Um, you joking. Now I remember, you might not say you have material in it or it just goes in the shower, but I remember you, we clock in for that eight hours. You like, man, I ain't even gonna say a name, but you be like, hey, where she at? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 you, know, I mean, you know, I'm talking about, man, we, we clock in, man. And then I'm talking about as soon as we sit down, it's like, all right, man, let me go to my computer, check these emails, make sure everything cool. but. Where she at? Cause it's about to go. And then we gonna do this for the whole eight. And then you leave and then you come back the next day and it's all right, eight again. We gonna come at you the whole time. And it's just jokes, yeah. jokes, jokes. So I just feel like we are a certain type of people that are able to make something out of nothing. And typically right. we have a lot of talents and it takes that one person that's gonna say something to you to make you think and say, all right, I never really thought about it like that. And I need to, Maybe I should go ahead and pursue that. And you talked about, you said it was Miss Her Henrietta, I believe. Yep, yep, Miss yeah. Henrietta, man. Talk to me about like where, when that finally hit. Did it hit that day? Did it hit like a week after? And you say, you know what? Let me see what this looks like. Like, walk me through that whole journey right there. It didn't hit that day. I just had the urge to get on stage. At that time, I had the urge to get on stage. But after I did it for, uh, a few nights or whatnot, after that, it was over. After that, it really hit me. So, you know, after I got on stage, boom, they laughed. Dude said he was one of my favorite. I was on that high. But, you know, to me, it's like beginner's luck. I'm going to keep rolling. Hit stage again. Um, I didn't get booed, but it was like, <laughs> it wasn't really nothing. So just some jokes. Went back, did it again. After that, it was on. And after that, I was at work. Man, I'd be at work, man, half the day. I ain't did nothing. I've been doing them writing jokes, you know. Um, so that's how that process went. And then I didn't really get to thinking that I could really go anywhere until I just kept on going. And then people started just booking you for shows. And they started saying, well, how much you want to do mm. this show? Mm. And then that's when it was like, okay. I think that's important because knowing your worth. Yes. Is, is extremely important. So yeah. like that first time that you were able to throw out a price, did you do a lot of research or you like, man, if I go too high, they're going to say, hell no. So <laughs> well, me, this, this, like, yeah, this is what you that? learn. You got to learn who you're dealing with. So who you did, who's asking. And then it depends on who asking, do you know what kind of budget they working with? And then sometimes I straight up ask them, what, what type of budget you work? Give me your budget you working with. And we can make something happen. Of course, they're gonna lowball you. They try lowball you. Just you stick them up for a little bit higher than that because you know they got more. Of course, um, knowing your worth is very important. You can't be going out here still doing. 
Because I still do some shows for the low. I still do some shows every once for free. Um, matter of fact, I ain't got a name in Chicago. When I go to Chicago, one of them shows is free. You know, I ain't, I ain't getting paid for it, but that's all in the grind of they don't know me here. I'm doing this. I'm going to go ahead and kill it. And then when they call me back, I'm going to get them. And that's, that's pretty much how you got to do it. So uh, it's a game to be played to not lowball yourself, but then not try to set a price so high that, that nobody calls you back because you got to know where, where you at. They run into people also. I see people saying, hey, man, you know, I've tried to get people on search up. Like, I know somebody in XYZ. Man, won't you hit them up to do a show? And they be like, well, why they hit me up? They should know who I am. What you mean they should know who you They might not know who you are. You know, ain't no way they should know who you are. And we ain't talking about somebody in the same city. That's different. Yeah. And we ain't talking about somebody who 20 minutes away. They hit people four hours away, man. So <laughs> they might not know who you are. So you can't, you know, put yourself out of a range like that. So it's a game to be played. Um, what I will do is I work with you the first time around. And I come through and I tear the house down. And when you call me back, I'm yanking your mouth out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, yeah. So it's more like staying humble and remaining humble in the process because it's a lot of work to be done. You're working right. towards it. Um, but you, you got to show them, well, you got to give them something to want. And I think that's like, right. hey, that's the first one's free. I know my product's so good that you're going to come back. Right. And then yeah. after that, I got you. Okay. I got you. Yeah. I like that. Ain't nothing changed since the 80s, the late 80s, early 90s. Right. <laughs> hey, so I see this shirt that you got on, man. I see this shirt, man. It's fly, man. Talk to me more about that. Oh, fly, man. First, love yourself. Um, man, that's just a little thought that I got, and I stole from another comedian who who ain't making no T-shirts. T.K. Kirkland. T.K. Kirkland, another one. Another one of the influencers as well. I didn't even bring him up, but he's another influencer. But he got so much game outside of comedy. Man, you I can listen to him for days, uh, but he ain't had his copyrighted. He ain't uh he wasn't making no shirts, no hats with it. And he might have just said it in one interview and it stuck with me. He's like, Man, first you gotta fly. And I be telling folks do that all the time. Fly, yeah, first love yourself before you love anybody else. And it's stuck with me. And I just been sticking with it. And, and it's the truth at the end of the day. Like, if you don't first love yourself, how I'm gonna love these three girls, how I'm gonna love my wife the proper way, you know, how I'm gonna love other family members the proper way. If I don't even really love myself the proper way first, there's no proper way you can love anybody else. If the person that you looking into the mirror to every morning, you like, man, I don't even love myself like that. Man, it's crazy. Now people think they can, but you really can't. You might go above and beyond for somebody else, but it might be out of courtesy or that's that's looking for them to love you to help you find self love. But you really can't love them the proper way either. All right. So that's, that's I kind of. I kind of you know, tell me though, how how do you first love yourself? What does that process look like? We got to give people tips like? out here, man. You know what I mean? Because you can say <laughs> it, but they looking in the mirror like, God damn, man, I I still look the same way I did yesterday. I ain't really loving <laughs> yeah. myself right now. Like, like what is that? I mean, like? shoot, yeah, you do look the same as you did yesterday. <laughs> but what about you? Make you better than a lot of other people. You got to find that niche in you that you can do that a lot of other people can't do. Everybody got something that they here for. And it might take a struggle to find that reason or why, but you got to continue. If you pray, pray on it. If not, meditate on it. If not, continue to seek whatever that is, uh, the reason why you own this place, on this, this place we call Earth. And you got to figure that out. You got to figure out what your talents is that other people can't do. Because there's always somebody who get like, I get on the stage and tell jokes. There's a lot of comedians out there, but it's a whole, whole lot of people that's like, there ain't no way I can get on that stage and do that. I can sit here and cut up with you all day in the house, but I can't get them to do that. You got some people that playing instruments, you know, it's their thing. They might be the quietest, per quietest person out there, but some reason they play that violin, but it just it just breaks people down and people got to realize what it is. And some of it ain't even that. Some of it might, you just might be a computer wizard. You know, you might be able to get on this computer. I can't figure out how to fix it. You might be on it 10 minutes. And knock it out. That that is your purpose. Everybody's purpose ain't to be in seen on a big screen or 
be on a radio station or even making 30, 40 million dollars or something like this. Everybody here for a reason. Ants, one of the smallest creatures on earth, ants are here for a reason. Birds is here for a reason. They all got a reason to be here to make this world function. Um, one thing, uh, I like Dame Dash and I like his rants and he like he got a lot of game and what he say, but some of the stuff come off wrong when he was just basically saying one day, if you ain't out here on your own business, man, you basically ain't nobody. I got what he was saying, but other people didn't get what he was saying behind it. Like, you don't have that motivation to every morning to get up, to go out here and, and grind, because you might not got an LLC in your name, but when you go home, your home is your business. How does you function your business in your house? You know, th that is your own little, people don't break it down like that, though. That is your own little business in your house. But when it comes to like the business name LC, yeah, everybody got to have workers. You can't be a boss if you ain't got workers. Everybody can't do it on their own. Everybody got to be a part of a great team, you know. So you got to love yourself by figuring out what it is about you that make you different from a lot of other people, you know. And you got to just try to figure that out. One one of the things that I I firmly believe is that a lot of people are asking them questions like, "What's the meaning of life? What's the purpose? What am I here for?" Uh, and I say this a lot, so. Anybody who's already heard me say this, just pretend like you didn't. Um, but I, I look at purposes. What is it that I'm really good at? What is my skill? What is what is my gift? And how can I use that gift to serve somebody else? And when you can right. figure those two things out, that's what I feel your purpose is. At least for me, I believe that's what my purpose is. And it sounds like that's kind of similar to what you're saying. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. I mean, because you can even take it back to the days of... Uh, when you read your history books before this green, this green paper that we call money came to play, when you had to barter and trade, what was those people doing? They was relying on gifts. Mm -hmm. If you had somebody who can make you with the bargain, if you had somebody who can make you a jacket to keep you warm, you was trading that for something else. That was your gift. The whole community relied on whatever that person was that had those gifts. And before we got these these greenbacks, I think that's what you know. It kind of went to. Well, my gift ain't making me a lot of money. You give up on it and get depressed, but now nah, your gift is still needed to put a smile on somebody's face. Yep. Please believe me, it is. What would I you like say? That. What would you say if somebody is going on this journey and they would say, "Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm I've been trying to love myself, and it, it's getting kind of tough." I think for you, you're like, "Okay, I, I'm doing this right now." And, but somebody had to give you that spark. Somebody had to talk to right. you, right? Um, but so please for, believe, I always felt that way before comedy ever came back. <laughs> I always felt, I always, I always loved myself because I always want to do, look, like Biggest Balls, Biggest Balls said it best. I ain't the best looking nigga, I ain't the ugliest looking one either. So, <laughs> <laughs> what he say, fat, black, ugly as ever, however, Everybody got a high elbow. Now, if you understand nothing else I said, Biggie Small said, fat, black, ugly as ever. However, and everybody has a high elbow. That's what I'm talking about. You just broke like it down that. on another level, right? Yes, sir. It's a I lot like of that. stuff that, that's not adding up for me, right? However, what is your however? And, and by going into that, figuring out what that is, is how you first love yourself. That's how you're going to match up your passion and your purpose. So right. I love that. No matter what all these like negative that I got going for me, there is a however in there. And what, hap what happens after you say however, you got to run towards that. You got to mm -hmm. dig into that. You got to be supercharged by that. Yep. That's deep, that. bro. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Amen. You wouldn't even try and do that, was you? You wouldn't even try and do that I wouldn't even try to do that one. But <laughs> hey, go, 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 my mind. hey, hey, go ahead and take that, man. Go ahead and finish it when you drop the mic, man, after you leave. Man, I think that that's amazing, though, for real. I think that's a, a man. You know what? I don't even want to say nothing else after that. You know what I'm saying? We had to bring you back for another one, man. We can't really just. Joel, you got anything you want to add, man? Man, I just wanted to ask uh, just one more quick question, and it would kind of probably tie it into to a wind down, but um, talk a little bit about the podcast you do. Um, you know, kind of the premise, oh, yeah. let people know the name of it, where they can find it. It's Supremely Black Podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, 
uh, Otto's location where you can find it. It's basically about uh, it's three black men, and we're discussing America through the eyes of, of the lens of a black man. Um, and you know, like I always say, and I make this joke: white people, you can tune in to. We ain't doing no, we ain't doing no bashing or nothing like that. But if you want to know the feelings of three black men, man, we we gonna talk about it. We gonna discuss what we're going through in the world, and and those topics. They, it's various topics. Some of them we're going to talk about history, like the Harlem Hellfighters that don't nobody know about. They went over there and fought in World War and they get no respect on the way back home. You know, mm-hmm. it took Barack Obama to hand one of them a Purple Heart. This, this we talking about back in World War. He did not get a Purple Heart when Barack Obama getting off. We're going to discuss some of, t- some of our stuff going to be funny. Hot topics is going on for the day. Um, like we had one episode, we had a professor on for MTSU. We talked about redlining. Yeah, we talked about redlining. A lot of people don't know about redlining and the fact that it's still going today. It just, it just, you don't look at a map now and say black folks can't live here. Now, if you're trying to sell your home, they're going to short you about hundred thousand. They're going to short you fifty to a hundred thousand dollars on it when your house is worth more than that. You know. Yep. So we talk about various subjects like that. Of course, police brutality. Uh, one of the episodes we talked about COVID and how we're going to go from here. The next wave is coming through, uh, supposedly coming through. Uh, so, I mean, it just, it just various topics, man. It's, it's a podcast that's needed and it's necessary. Um, and man, we go on there, have fun. And one episode, some, some, some episodes have you high, some of them be informed, not high, but have you on high level, happy. Uh, yeah. some of them be informative. And some of them, like one episode, we talked about depression and, and mental health as a black man, as you know, and us being black men, they, they don't like us sharing feelings too much. Or we angry. <laughs> we angry. Something wrong with it. Yep. Yep. It's taboo still. Yeah, you're right. Taboo still. And it dropped every Friday. Every Friday, you can check us out. And I'm going to yep. link to it in the, uh, in the show notes, man. I've been, uh, you know, obviously, the circles we run in. When the, from the first time it dropped, I've been on it ever since, man. So I'm subscribed. I sure appreciate that, man. Man, I ain't trying to, you know, I make it part of my system. Every time it drop, I got to cut the grass. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's how I be getting. Hey, it's like, man, hey, look, that's how I be. I be listening to podcasts, cutting grass, man, working out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that's good, man. I, I, I like that, man. Um, So we got Supremely Black. And then we got Fly. How did they, how did they get one of them shirts, man? Man, they can DM me at uh J J Y dot F L A K E underscore comedy on Instagram or just J Flake Comedy on Facebook. I ain't got a website yet to be dropping it, man. This is independent out at the house. Cash <laughs> out. Cash I, out. I'm yeah, I got cash out. J Flake money sign. The letter yeah. J F L A K E zero one. If you don't see a picture of me with a white Lakers jersey on, it ain't me. And I ain't even a Lakers fan. I'm a Shaquille O'Neal fan. It's a Shaquille O'Neal jersey. I ain't a Lakers fan. All right. You don't see you don't see a bald head, super black dude that a Lakers jersey. That ain't me. Don't send no money to that one. The other one is uh but don't send no money to the other one. Cause I had that happen. Somebody was like, Hey, I paid for a shirt. I was like, no, nah, it was like I ordered a shirt. I like where? They're like I sent to your cash app. My cash app say zero dollars. Mm. They sent it to the wrong one. I don't even know if they ever got their money back or not. But my cash app got a picture of a man in a jersey on it. That's the one. There you go. Hey, and there's one more thing, man. So we we didn't get a chance to really dig into the to the uh, live special, man. Uh, getting these pandemic jokes, man. So like, you got you got you got to say one more thing about that real quick, man. So like, number one, how did it go? How did the live session go? Ah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great, um, man. Every I was hard on myself because I forgot some jokes that I wanted to say, but don't nobody know that except us. I just told y'all, and y'all know that. Right. But as a comedian, I'm hard on myself because I want to hit this, hit that. But I mean, thing is, I just had more more material than I thought. I, you know, it take a lot to put in an hour, uh, and this special might not be an hour. We might condense it down to 45. But I thought to myself, like, man, you just got way over an hour worth of material, so you already starting on the next special with that material. You know, we are gonna roll mm-hmm. that into that. Yep. Uh, 
but I had to get the pandemic jokes out because everybody been stuck in the house. There's been a lot of stuff going on um, since this pandemic has taken place. So I just wanted to make sure I get those jokes out and get it edited in enough time where I can put something out where people won't forget that or, you know, remember all this stuff happened. So I hit topics like the election. I'm hitting topics like, um, you know, homeschooling. You know, I'm, I'm hitting all that type of stuff like that. And, you know, this is one of those things where, where the people, you know, who live in, this is something going to be talked about forever, way after we gone, it's going to be talked about. Uh, so I just wanted to submit my little special in there so people can see where I'm coming from and, and have something to connect with this time. And I still talk about family, being married with kids, that's in there too, and being stuck in the house with them. So I, I discussed that also. So there's a lot of people who went through all that, and I just wanted to get it out in, in a comedic platform, in a, in a comic way, for people to maybe one day have something to cheer about because uh, that they made it, you know, made it through that and mm-hmm. uh survived it and i because i know a lot of people who you know lost people i not in person lose anybody but i got friends who lost you know a sister or they lost a mother they lost a grandmother uh due to this virus so if i can like i said earlier if i can bring a smile to those people's faces for that 45 minutes to an hour whenever this you know hit you know streaming sites whenever if you want to buy one from me off a USB drive, that way you can just plug it into your TV and watch it and own it, you know. Yeah, I got to do, hey, you got to find some way to get these sales out. <laughs> yes, hey, don't nobody watch DVDs, no more. Hey, nobody, you're right, you're right. You're you can't right. put it on CD, but you have to go to the title, you have to buy a USB off me and plug it in the TV and watch it, or you have to wait till it hit like Amazon Prime or something like that to watch it. So, them USBs probably going to be out before streaming dudes. <laughs> oh man, come on, man. So we're like gonna I have said, to hit Flake on the Cash App and then hey. put hashtag USB. Put your ass <laughs> <in the> USB. <laughs> Pandemic jokes USB. Okay. Hey, it, it was all independent, man. So I'm trying to get as much recoup as much money as I can. Man. Yes, uh, sir. As, as quick as I can. <laughs> so yeah. we can flip it and start working on whatever else. The next the next project. Cause man, they, they ain't had nobody backing me. This was straight savings and and you know going in that bag and paying for it. Cause cameramen, audio men, and editors, the show ain't cheap. Mm-hmm. Hey, but you know what? That that's just like I said, man. It's a uh, we're gonna have to bring you back, bro, because it's a lot of conversations that we talking about just from an independent standpoint and investing in yourself. I hear that a lot in what you're doing, man. So I'm really excited about what what's on the horizon. And um, I can't wait to come back and then have this conversation so we can laugh about what you were talking about because, uh, you know, hashtag pandemic jokes USB. I think that's going to be popping, man. If you, <laughs> you, you out here dropping <laughs> you're dropping out them USBs, man. I think that's Ooh. next level right there, man. So, yeah, come um, back to the, the old folks, the, the folks who ain't our age are going to be bad. They're like, my mom's you know and pops, and be like, what am I supposed to do with it, man? Just plug it to the back of the TV. Where? That's it. Where? <laughs> Man, man, that was the that was it. Zoom during the pandemic was too tough for me, man. I'm like, man, I can't do it no more. I'm sorry. <laughs> man. Yeah, that was too tough. Do us a big favor and um, you know, let us know as soon as that's gonna drop because we want to support you. And um, I'll definitely put all your information in the show notes so people can contact you. I mean, this is gonna be the first time ever that I put a cash app in the show notes. <laughs> so let me tell you something, man. If you get hit off this cash app, you're going to let me know because I'm going to start putting mine in this thing, too. You know? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Look, I know we wrap it up, but people be doing that, though. I be having too much pride, man. Folks be posting like they comedy skits and jokes, man. They be putting their cash app on the YouTube and stuff like that. Man. <sighs> Folks be doing it. I can't do it, man. I need some time. Listen so, up. If, if you haven't gotten anything from this conversation, man, p- pay attention to Flake. He's going to be doing some big things. And also, um, not only uh, Supremely Black going to be dropping on every Friday, but obviously if he's talking about what he's talking about on this one, that's free game Friday for you. So make sure you subscribe to Supremely Black dropping every Friday, man. Thanks again, Flake. I appreciate it all, bro. I appreciate y'all, fellas, man.
Big thanks to Jay Flake for joining us today. To learn more about Jay Flake and everything that he's up to, we linked all his information in the show notes. Don't be selfish on the Cash App. Now, we value good conversations and good relationships, and this is one that we will truly cherish. So why not reach out to Jay Flake and tell him that you enjoyed the episode while you're at it. And please, share the podcast with your friends and your frenemies. Because whether it's news, entertainment, or health, everyone's dosing something. Come and get yours as we aspire to inspire until we expire. Till next time.